Before we start this episode, I thought I'd tell you that I've got a new book out. Yes, another one. This one is to help coaches supercharge their coaching capability through reflective journaling. Coaching Journal, a guide and journal, walks you through the process by, well, providing you with a guide and some structured reflective models. So pop over to Amazon and get this quick, practical and insightful book today to start your journey towards a more successful professional practice. What would you put in your backpack if you had a new coaching engagement but could only take a limited number of items? Each week, The Coach's Backpack looks at the multifaceted world of coaching and asks a new guest to tell us what they would take with them and why. This week, we're taking a peek inside the backpack of Judy Rees. Welcome, Judy. Hello. Well, the first question is, how would you describe what you do in under 20 words? Um, I help people to connect more deeply online by supporting highly engaging online gatherings and all of that powered by clean language principles. Amazing work getting it into 20 words or fewer. Gold star. (laughs) Okay, so here's the situation. You've been asked to coach a new client but are limited to what you can take with you. So don't worry, you've got your essentials, you've got your clothes, your toothbrush. uh, And in addition to all of that, you can take one book one tool, technique, concept, method, approach, uh, one other item of your choice, plus a person to accompany you, whether they are from the past or from the present. Okay. So, Judy, what would you take with you and why? Well, the most essential thing is the tool or technique, which is clean principles, clean language, and its underpinning principles. I don't think I could work now without working from a clean standpoint by which I mean that so clean language thing created by David Grove um, originally as a a therapy technique but the underpinning principle is that everybody is living in their own metaphorical world and the words that they use to describe what they're to describe their lives to describe their thinking give you a clue into what's really going on for them and by paying attention to what they actually say, you, they, you know, they become incredibly interesting. And um, what that enables you to do then is you've got a window onto their inner world. And by opening that w- window more and more to each other, we get to work better together. Okay. Do you, do you fancy trying to do a, an example live here and now? What kind of example? <clears throat> well, of, of the kind of questions that you may ask, the clean language and examples mm-hmm. of clean language. So if I said that I'm, uh, I'm struggling to do my fitness regime alongside all of the work commitments that I've got at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I've already asked a clean language question, by the way, but I'll, I'll ask, ask some more. And when you're struggling like that, what would you like to happen? I would like to be able to get the, the workout done early, not too early. I can't, I can't do any exercise before nine o'clock. It just makes mm-hmm. me want to throw up. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd want to get my workout done early in the morning so that I could then do the rest of uh, all of my other work and fulfill mm-hmm. that before the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Uh then I feel I've achieved, which is a, a important driver for me. Mm-hmm. And if we have enough time, I can ask you things like, when you feel you've achieved, 
whereabouts do you feel that you've achieved? Uh, I don't know how to answer that. Have we done enough for us to pick apart? Well, we have, including that last bit, that you can ask a question that gets people thinking. They may not know how to answer the question, mm. but the experience is still happening inside their mind of seeking an answer. And what questions do is direct people's attention. When a question is asked, even if you're not the person being asked the question, it's almost impossible for your attention not to follow the direction of the question. So clean language questions can produce all sorts of interesting effects. So one thing I did there was to invite you to consider um, what you wanted instead of the struggle to complete the workout. So I'm moving your attention away from what you don't want and towards what you do want. And that can be really useful in a whole bunch of situations, retros, requirements, gathering, creating user stories, all sorts of things that you might need to do. When you can direct people's attention away from what they don't want towards what they do want, that will help. And all of that is clean language questions, which is great and useful and really, really interesting. And what I'm doing more and more of now is applying the underpinning principles of clean that I can't necessarily, well, I, I really can't predict what you're going to say in response to my questions because your world is different to my world. I know where I feel a sense of achievement, but I don't know where you feel a sense of achievement. I know that my sense of achievement has a certain size and shape. I feel it in, in my belly and, and it moves upwards and it's got that kind of sensation. I don't know how it is for you. And you may not know how it is for you. But by asking questions of each other, we can find out and we can discover things like the, the excellent question, when you're working at your best, you're like what? Mm. Now, I've asked that of loads and loads of individuals and groups now over the years, and we've had so many different answers. One person might be like a butterfly, another person's like a lighthouse, somebody else is like they're on a Formula One pit crew, uh, someone else is like a train. Um, all sorts of different answers to that question. When you are working at your best, you are like what? Mm. So I thought of a racehorse. Mm. When you said that, I was. And you can imagine that a racehorse will work in a certain kind of way. And someone like myself, a clockwork octopus on a unicycle, <laughs> will work in quite a different way. And by asking each other the clean language questions about our answers, we discover all sorts of interesting stuff. Brilliant. So before we move on, if people want to know more about clean language, where do they go? Well, they can Look, look me up on the internet and they should be able to find an ebook e called Your Clean Language Questions Answered that I wrote a few years ago, which is free and you can download it online. And it's, it's, that will answer a whole bunch of questions really quickly. Or there's a free website I created again a few years ago. It it's, um, looks a bit dated, but it does the job called learncleanlanguage.com with a whole bunch of little pieces about clean language. Um, or you can get my book, my co-authored book, which was called uh, Clean Language Revealing Metaphors and Opening Minds. Again, that's 10 years old now, so it's maybe a little bit dated. 
But the book that I was going to say I'll take with me in my coach's backpack is a book by Caitlin Walker called From Contempt to Curiosity. Now, Caitlin is, like me, a passionate advocate for clean language and for work using clean language with groups and teams. Her book, From Contempt to Curiosity, specifically focuses on using it with groups and teams rather than with individuals. And in that short book, you as coach, somebody working with groups and teams in organisations, is going to get a whole bunch of ideas in a really tight tight space. So if, you, if you're ready to invest in one book, I would go From Contempt to Curiosity by Caitlin Walker. Okay, and this is the book you're taking with you in your backpack? That's also the book I would take with me in my backpack. Okay, nicely transitioned. Okay, right, so moving on, we've got two items left. You've got a person to take with you and one other item of your choice. Well, I've just realised that we can do this as the person. Now, this doesn't translate into audio only, but I am just revealing Elmo to David. I have got myself my own fluffy Elmo hand puppet inspired by David. Um, what I'm discovering is that something as ridiculous as an Elmo hand puppet can really liven up pretty much any boring online event. And Elmo can ask clean language questions. And when he asks them, people answer them differently to when I ask them. So even though I bought him to represent enough, let's move on and just sneak him into the picture to encourage my co-facilitator to move on, he's actually making himself useful in a whole bunch of other ways. So Elmo, I think, would be the person I would take with me. Love Elmo. We can have a, an Elmo off next time. If I'd known, I'd have brought my Elmo. <laughs> now, here's the question, though. When... Elmo addresses any group that I'm working with normally just as a bit of light relief and a bit of stupidity. Uh, I try to get him as Elmo would. Does, does when Elmo asks your clean questions, how does Elmo speak? Does he speak well, with Julie's voice or is he Elmo? I haven't yet. I've only had him a week. Okay. I haven't really learned how to, to use him effectively. Um, okay. I think there's a, there's a whole, whole new space. You know, the, one of my challenges with using Elmo is I've never watched Sesame Street. Uh -huh. I don't actually, well, I, I had to look it up for um, a project I was doing last night. So I've, I've watched approximately two minutes of Elmo in okay. my entire well, there's, life. There's some tricks I can pass on. I'm not a Sesame Street fan. I've not watched it a lot. It wasn't really on in my house. Elmo, as well as having that kind of, hey, I'm Elmo, uh, also never says I. He always mm. says Elmo. So Elmo thinks this. Um, and yeah, Elmo can be quite annoying when you... So, someone was advising me last night that amongst the, the, the creatures that refer to themselves in the third person, these include Gollum from The Hobbit mm -hmm. and the Pope. I did not know that. Okay, maybe I'll make it four. I'll only ever refer to myself as David Lowe from now on. Right, so your backpack is almost full. We've got your book, we've got your tool or technique, and we've got Elmo accompanying you. I'm not sure how he's going to walk with you, but we'll leave that there. Uh, so what else is going in your backpack? You've got one other item of any description. Well, I, I, I thought long and hard about this, and I, I, you, may, you may say I'm cheating, but I reckon 
my online work setup, laptop, webcam, headsets, and an internet connection, because most, pretty much all of what I do now is online. Um, and I can't really imagine going back to working in the room with people for any length of time. I love working online. I love the reach it gives me. I love the diversity of the people I come into contact with. And I, I don't actually want to go somewhere different, except for the sheer joy of getting out of the house. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to take my internet set up, please. Okay, that is perfectly acceptable. There are no restrictions at all in this podcast. Okay, good. Granted. Now, some of that backpack might not have been packed by you. And so the one question I do ask is, if there is one thing that you want to make sure is not in that backpack, what would it be? Well, I'd like to leave behind the notion of that can't be done remotely. For most work things, we can find a way to do it over distance, given a decent internet connection, a decent webcam, a decent headset. Um, I started out doing this work online more than 10 years ago when people were saying coaching can't be done remotely, therapy can't be done remotely, hypnosis can't be done remotely, um, counselling can't be done remotely. Of course, you can't do group work remotely. Now, over the years, we worked out ways of doing all sorts of amazing things remotely, including things like constellations work, deep hypnosis, all sorts of fascinating work. We found ways to do it remotely because we wanted to and also felt we had to, which meant that when the lockdown came and lots of other people discovered they had to, we knew how to. Now, of course, there are still going to be one, you know, some things which are going to be potentially nicer in person. So when I first when I first met my husband, we lived 300 miles apart. And of course, it was brilliant when we got together. That's the kind of thing that works better in person. But actually, a lot of work stuff really can be done remotely. And when it's done remotely, it means it's much more inclusive. Um, people from different countries can be involved. People with all sorts of different backgrounds can be involved. Um, Women are more, like, more likely to be able to actively participate if they can do things from home. All sorts of stuff like that can happen when you work online. So I want to leave behind that can't be done remotely. Good. Well, I think we're nearly up, apart from one last question. You're about to, well, it sounds like we're going to do, your, your next gig is going to be online rather than going off to see them. But if there's one place or kind of people that you hope you are going to work with or that you hope you're not going to work with, uh, who are they? I think I'm going to just say place, which is I'd really love to see New Zealand. New Zealand is where David Grove, who created Clean Language, came from. And it looks as if it would be an absolutely fascinating place to be. I'm currently doing some um, work with uh, Shane Hasty, who's over there and of course, we couldn't do any work together if it wasn't for the internet, but it would be nice. It would be lovely to visit New Zealand one day. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping that, tell you what, let, let's make it, uh, I think, Zero are based in New Zealand, who have a beautiful product, beautiful team, lovely people, 
who, if I'm thinking of the right organisation, they did a big campaign internally about um, creating a much more inclusive and more interesting meeting culture about 18 months ago, so before the lockdowns. And I think, yeah, so maybe it will be there in New Zealand. And, and I think Gollum is also over there a lot of the time, coming back to the <laughs> conversation we had earlier. Um, uh, so, Judy, thank you for joining us. Uh, one last question, which is, uh, if people want to know more, where would you advise them to go? Go to our website, reesmccann.com, and sign up for my link letter, which every week goes out to about 3,000 and something people with information about clean language, online gatherings, all sorts of interesting stuff from around the web. People love it, and uh, I think you will. reesmccann.com, and look at the bottom for sign up for the link letter. Marvellous. Well, we'll put a link in the, in the blurb of the podcast as well. Thank you very much for joining us, Judy. It was lovely having you with us. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you for joining us on this episode of The Coach's Backpack. If you would like extra goodies such as free tools, offers, further info about our guests and maybe even the odd peek inside their actual backpack, sign up to our mailing list at thecoachesbackpack.com. And don't forget to follow the podcast too. See you next time.